Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back to On the Block. He's Strick here and uh, your boy, Austin Orman, my partner, my friend, my crime syndicate member of On the Block and all the blockheads out there on YouTube's Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. I think I, I don't think I missed one. Um, and we're also, where else can they find us on television? Yeah, we're on TV. TV stars now. Aloe Channel 951. Aloe. See, 951. See, 951 aloe, and that's like if you have some aloe vera. If you want to be real smooth, just turn to aloe, and you'll be able to tap in on and watch us uh, live right here on the block. Professor Rick, use some aloe. There aloe he is. Aloe vera, that is, and you get home. That's it's it, my boy. That's your aloe cable subscription. But uh, uh, join us on the Soderhamman, um, no, not the Soderhamman text line, but on the Honda Lincoln hotline is our friend of the show, also member of Early Break, and that is our guy, Steve Sibble. Shut up, Sibble. <laughs> <laughs> like, before okay, you even get to talk, I'm telling you, shut up, Sibble. <laughs> I, li- I like that uh, it's that that aloe vera deal you had with the al- with the smooth transition to TV. I like it. Yeah, like it. man, we gotta do a little, little something. I mean, we, you know, you guys are you guys are the. Uh, 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 are the uh, the solid foundation of getting the day started for everybody that tune, tunes in, taps in, and comes in uh, to 93.7 The Ticket and on the Aloe Channel, 951. Uh, but, you know, we have you here, so we're appreciative of you joining us on the block. And we're going to talk a little bit about some football and some basketball on the, on the Nebraska side as we continue to approach spring game. A few days left now. Um, and uh, I, I, Austin has got a full load uh, for you there. But I want to talk about some basketball stuff now because Q McPherson just jumped into the transfer portal. Um, we, we knew that there was a lot of guards with similar kind of archetypes that he – you know, that he possesses. Um, you probably have to ask the question, Sip, uh, you know, was there conversations that was going on behind the scenes, you know, just letting him know that, you know, we like you, you know, but, um, you know, there's there's something we, we're we looking to bring in here. Uh, we don't know kind of how you fit. That would, would cause him to get out there because we really haven't got a chance to see him. It's been limited in what we've seen of him, but he jumps in. But that gives us three positions left. What are we looking for right now, Sip? Like, what is it that we really need as we're looking at other players from local local kids looking to come back? Well, I mean, you're definitely in the hunt for the standpoint guard. Um and McCollum, I think it's Xavier McCollum. It's probably, in fact, I just made a, a call on that. I think it's down to Nebraska and Oklahoma, and that's what Robin Washit of Husker Online is basically saying, and I think he's right. Um, so, I mean, they, I know Nebraska badly wants the Sienna point guard, badly. Um, I think I'd, I'd give a slight edge to Oklahoma. I think we'll know by Friday. Uh, that's you know all these things are a little fluid. You know how it goes in this world, but that's the best I can do on that. Hunter Salas, obviously Nebraska is going to have a great shot at Hunter Salas. Now I don't, I mean, you know that conversation gets interesting because I don't think he's a point guard. Um, right. I, um, I maybe you could talk yourself into that, but it's, it would be hard. And I've tried to talk. Let's put it this way: I've tried to talk myself into. Under Salas being a point guard, and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. 
Um, but but they got a shot at him. Um, that's probably the biggest news. As far as McPherson goes, I have a, I mean, kind of. I think it's sort of a. There's a one pleasant take and there's sort of one unpleasant take. The pleasant take on Quorum McPherson is, it, if if he's if he's getting in the portal, it it perhaps indicates that they have something that they're pretty confident about something coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that now. Now my other take is not as pleasant, and it's it's just basically a sign of the times take. I'm always interested in these situations, like with McPherson, how the, in the media we just say, "Well, you know, he just wasn't a fit. Um, you know, just this wasn't. You know, it's just not the kind of guy you can win with." Well, then why was he here in the first place? <laughs> right. That's the one thing I don't understand about these conversations of guys that go into the portal. Well, you know, just it just it just wasn't going to work. Well, I mean, at some point somebody thought it was going to work, right? Um, so I don't. Some of that stuff is beyond sort of beyond me. But I think it maybe shows that they feel good about somebody, and it could be somebody. I guess we don't know. I think we I got a good handle on the Sienna we'll have to see on that one we'll have to see on that one mm-hmm. on the big man side of the basketball transfer conversation Steve do you think Nebraska needs someone more along the lines of a, a John Hugley kind of a playmaking scoring big man or like a Josiah Alec who's locked in a visit where he's more an energy rebounding type of guy yeah I haven't I don't know much about Alec I just saw Robin post that story I don't know much about that kid Hugley I thought now I was wrong I was erroneous and thinking that they could get both the Bradley Center and 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 Hoogley, I guess we're pronouncing it. Um, I thought it made sense to have both of them, and I thought there was a chance, but obviously that ship sailed right away when Rink Mask, Mask um, the Bradley kid, um, chose Nebraska, and then quickly the Pitt Center, Hoogley, um, you know, scratch Nebraska off the list. So I, uh, I thought I thought they would both work here. But anyway, um, I think they might be. Uh, again, I haven't. I don't know much about the New Mexico kid, the New Mexico transfer. So I don't want to go too far down that road. Okay, so um, when I when I looked at it this this way. Um, I think I think there's a need, Sip, and you know, just just let me know if I'm I'm kind of off track. Um, I think there's a need for another another big man. Um, I think there's a need for a three level type scoring, passing, uh, shooting type of guard, whoever that may be at the point. Um, and I think you can use another wing play, which would give you the diversity, um, that I, it looks like Fred likes to have in the way that he plays and the style that he plays and he can throw so many different things at you. That makes it tough to scout and, uh, to prepare for. I got it. Yeah. I, it, now can you get another, can you get another big with one already in the boat? That's, that's one thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. All that, that, that all makes sense. I mean, I would I would uh, emphasize this. They're off to a great start in this portal little voyage they're on. I mean, it's this in this round of the portal. 
I mean, the, the guy, the two guys they got in the boat are excellent. Excellent. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought the kid from Charlotte was, I, I mean, I just, I don't know if this is the case, but I thought he had to be the number one target. I don't know if he was the number one target, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was the number one target. Um, I maybe you could convince me that Hughley should have been the number one target, but the two guys they got are good. And, and now, you know, they're in position for some guys. And that's, let's see where it goes. And I know this, I know this. And I hope people understand this. Fred's working, I mean, this is as hard as, Fred's got so much on his plate right now, it's amazing how hard these coaches work this time of year. I mean, he's Zoom calls, um, you know, he's, he's got, he's, He's courting guys. He's on the phone constantly. And by the way, he's got guys here that he's coaching, and they have time with them. Um, it's it is unbelievable what this sort of new age of college sports has. <laughs> coaches just work in, in an incredible amount of hours. Fred told Robin that he had never worked as hard as he did a couple a couple weeks ago. This was after the season. I mean, this was April. I mean, so it's really fascinating to me. You mentioned number one targets on the recruiting trail. Let's shift our focus to Nebraska football. Which position group do you think gets the most targets or touches on Saturday? Wide receivers, running backs, tight ends? Hmm. Oh, I, would, I would think the receivers um, – but I don't know. I mean, you might be able to convince me on the running back part. I don't, I don't know how they'll go with it. I don't know what what they'll want to show in the passing game. And they might just try. See, it's a tough question because they might want to lean on the run game. And then it becomes a question of, is the run game effective? Can they, can they lean on it and get first downs? It'll be really interesting. So it's a good question. I do think we're going to see, like, a legitimate – scrimmage we'll call it they're going to be hitting it's not going to be touch football um so we are i mean i just i do think we got to kind of prepare ourselves for that I mean, the reason i say that is because we're, i'm not i mean i know i'm not used to it I'm, I'm not used to going over to a spring game and sort of being in evaluation mode i mean i always kind of go in with that I always kind of go in with that mindset, but then within the first five plays in recent years, I've been like, what am, what am I doing? Just, you know, just figure out something to write and get the hell out of here. Um, but this year I might be more apt to say, okay, let's look at, I mean, let's look at the tackle matchups with the edge guys and see what that looks like. Have those tackles improve their pass blocking. What, in that, what kind of explosion does Nebraska have off the edge? You know, what does Chief Borders bring? What, what's Jamar Butler bring? What's Gunnarsson bring? What's uh, MJ Sherman? You know, what? I mean, they need explosion. Um, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Stephon Wynn. What's that look like? He's a house now. I mean, he got mm-hmm. big. He's a, in a good way. He looks fine. Stephon Wynn looks different to me. He's just bigger. Um, he's had a good camp. Uh, Nash has had a good camp, so I'm all I'm interested in all that, and I think we're going to be able to evaluate quite a bit. So you're going to be watching players, but at a more macro, big picture level, are there any aspects of you know Nebraska football and the vision that Matt Rule has for it that you're going to be watching for to see if you can see any sort of the outline of that vision on Saturday? Um, I mean, I, I want to see. 
I guess just would fall under the umbrella of overall execution and cleanliness. You know, how clean do, how clean are they? I mean, is there a lot of flags? Is it sloppy? Um, I've seen a lot of sloppy at Nebraska for many years, you know, mm-hmm. gotten kind of used to sloppy. Um, not necessarily just flags, just kind of sloppy play. Not, not terribly sloppy, but, you know, come on, what are we talking about? They haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. So, um, okay, I guess a better answer would be, do I see a team that matches kind of what Matt talks about, rule, which is a pretty good team. I mean, he, he likes this team. Just, all you got to do is go back over the course of spring and, re, and look at the stuff he said. And I know what people are – you might be thinking right now, well, what else is he going to say? He doesn't have to say the stuff he says. No. I mean, he doesn't have to – you know, people will say, well, Sipple, what do you expect him to say, that they're bad? No, coaches don't say that, but they don't have to – they don't have to be effusive in their praise. They don't have to say it was a really good culture, like he says. They don't have to say we have we have several NFL players. Uh, they don't have to. He doesn't have to say that, um, but he does. Um, he doesn't have to say this team is bought in at a high level, but he does. He doesn't have to say that. Um, so I want to see what that looks like. I'm optimistic. You can tell I'm really optimistic. I think they're pretty good. I think they're going to be a team that's in every game. Um, and we'll just see, you know, if they can kind of, t- if he can turn the screws and maybe turn some of those close losses into wins. You heard from uh, Marcus Satterfield and Donovan Riola today. We'll start with Marcus Satterfield, who talked up Heinrich Harburg and the work he's been doing, especially as a runner uh, at the quarterback position. Does Harburg have a shot at being QB3 this year? Or do you still think his best home is somewhere else on the roster? Oh, no, I think he's a quarterback. Um, I um, yeah, I do think he has a shot at being QB three. I'm glad you asked it that way. I I um, instead of I don't think he's going to be a QB one. I mean, they got two guys. I think mm-hmm. you know, obviously, are, the both both guys have been QB ones ahead of him. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Heinrich has a chance. They seem to like him. Um, they really like him as a runner. I think what it'll come down to with with Heinrich is he's got to prove himself as a passer. He, they, he can run it. I mean, that, that he's showing that, and he's getting a chance to show it because they're they're going live with the quarterback. You know, they they have to tackle him, and he's good. Now. That's a great that's a great development for him. It's probably a pretty good development for Sims too. Those guys are good runners. So, no, I think Heinrich. I, I mean, I think he wants to be a quarterback. I almost feel kind of. I almost feel for him. Like one of the, when he did his media appearance early in the spring, I think one of the first questions was that. I mean, what what position would you play if you weren't a quarterback? I felt bad for him. Like, well, if I were him, you know, me, I'm a little more surly than most people. (laughs) I would say, why are you asking me that? What what the hell kind of question is that? I'm a quarterback. Why are you asking me what position I'm going to play? I'm a quarterback. I hope that's, I hope that's his mindset. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll stay there. The other thing Marcus Satterfield brought up was the, the competition at quarterback. And really, for the first time since the Adrian Martinez, uh, yeah. Tristan Jebbia competition, there is a quarterback competition at Nebraska, but it hasn't necessarily dominated the headlines. Yeah, it's been talked about. Yeah, it's a big deal. But there's been so much going on. I don't think we, as a you know Nebraska football observing body, 
have really stepped back to think about what it means that there is an actual competition to be QB1 at Nebraska. Just how healthy is that for a program sometimes to take that step back and make someone earn QB1 instead of having them you know, come in as the anointed one? Yeah, that's a good point, Austin. I, I think we haven't been talking about address that first. We haven't been talking about it much because I don't think there's a big competition between Sims and Heinrich. I think the competition is ahead of us. And if there is a real competition between Harburg, Purdy, and Sims, we don't know because we're not seeing it. We just don't mm-hmm. see practice. There were, there's been times, a lot of years in the pro, a lot of years in the program's history since Osborne, where we saw, like Eric would remember, um, we used to see all every play of every scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So we had a good feel. We had a really good feel. And then you know, even into the Callahan years, we saw a lot of practice. And then we, then in the Bo years, we saw a little bit, not much. Riley years, we saw a lot at times. Um, Frost shut it down, so we don't see anything. Now we don't see anything. There might be a, there might be a, a competition we just don't know about. It doesn't seem like it. It's not portrayed that way. But, but having four scholarship guys going at it every day is a great thing. And then you're going to add a couple in August with uh, Casey Thompson and Logan Smothers. So it's all, hey, Austin's great. It's just great. It's great for that position. It's part of the reason why they probably, that depth is surely a reason they feel they can go live with them. Mm -hmm. But I'm 100%, 100% in agreement with you if you're suggesting it's a good thing that they have that. Because, yeah, I think it's a great thing. Let's uh, finish up with the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Corey Collier, transfer in from Florida, mentioned that learning Tony White's defense was pretty easy and it was simple. And when I first heard that, I'm like, don't you want to be a little complex? You know, make it hard for the offense to figure out what you're doing. But then as I thought about it more, defense is where you want your athletes to shine. You know, see ball, hit ball. Yeah, you have to be able to diagnose to some degree. But if Nebraska's best athletes are on the defensive side of the ball, I think simple can work, can it? Oh, I'd be careful with that, Austin. I mean, it's in the Big Ten. I mean, I sit next to a guy every morning, and I've learned a lot from him in Bill Bush. You can't be too simple. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but there's a there's a line there. I mean, you can't just line up and say, guys, just go get the ball. In the Big Ten, you just get sliced up by great coaches. Right. So, no, you got to be multiple. Um you got to be ready for a lot. And I, and that's one guy's opinion, by the way, that's just Collier talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I'm glad he feels that way, but he, as you know, Austin guys learn at different rates. They're all a little different. Um, some guy might, the next guy might come up there and say, no, it's really complicated. It's hard. It's really hard to learn. It's great because it'll be hard for the offense because we're coming from different, we're throwing a lot of coverages, which they are. They're throwing a lot of different personnel looks. Um, so I, 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 the one thing I'm not worried about is Tony White's defense is being overly simple. I'm not worried about that. Last thing then, any defensive players uh, in, the, in that back seven, linebackers or defensive backs, that you're going to have your eye on on Saturday? Yeah, I'll have my eye on the, the corner job opposite of Newsom. I mean, we know Newsom, mm-hmm. Quentin Newsom, the senior is going to be a starter at corner. They've talked about him as a certain NFL player. The job opposite him is open. Now, Hartsog, Malcolm, Malcolm Hartsog started there for the 
I guess final eight games last year, he replaced Tommy Hill. Um, but they're moving him around. I mean, they're really like Malcolm, but they're, they have moved him around. Now, he could end up at that corner spot. But if it's not Malcolm Hartzog, there's a long line of applicants. I mean, it's Tommy Hill is back in that discussion. Even they've mentioned Miles Farmer being in that discussion. They've mentioned Javier Morton in that discussion. They have mentioned, they haven't mentioned Braxton Clark, by the way. Um, there's a, there's just a bunch of guys um, that could be that corner opposite Newsom. So I'd watch that. You know, I'm interested in what they do at Rover. Here's the thing. They're going to move guys around a lot. So I, I'm not going to get too, oh, I wouldn't get too locked into you know, certain players at certain positions because they're going to move personnel a lot. Um, but yeah, that, that one corner job I'm interested in. Steve Sipple of Early Break with Sip and Jake and Coach Bill Bush, of course, uh, also writing for Husker Online. Steve, appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us. We'll look forward to uh, reading you, listening to you, and then talking again to you next week. Okay, well, I look forward to talking to you again, too. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Always. Always That's good, good preview. Stuff. Always. Uh, if you want more uh, spring game preview coverage, don't forget that we... All of us, all your favorite ticket personalities, will be out at Tipsy Tina's starting at 10.30 on Saturday. We'll take you all the way up till kickoff at 1 o'clock, and then postgame will start at 3. And uh, DP says we're going as long as we have callers. So uh, make sure you stop by Tipsy Tina's if you're heading down to the Haymarket. Say hi to all of us. Then get your thoughts in on postgame right here on 93.7 The Ticket. All right, Jay's banging on the door trying to get in. Kenny's looking into. We should probably cross it over with the old school crew and, uh, you know, give them their space. We've done our job strict, but uh, if they're going to be pushy, I suppose we can give them a little time. A <laughs> little bit. Let's get to them. We'll get to them in a sec.